Okay, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Keep Shooting Podcast. I'm on my game right now, man. Um, I, we have a special guest. I'll introduce him in a second. Um, but as as prior episodes, um, the Keep Shooting Podcast is brought to you by Five Star Hiring. Five Star Hiring was founded by a former colleague of mine, James Brugan. Uh, James assisted me in the transition from student athlete to the corporate world. He has now started a staffing agency focused on placing current and former student athletes. And again, if anybody listened to the podcast last week, um, that staffing agency is free to that student athlete. So it's not like something you have to pay for. And I can vouch for James and, and his dedication to helping kids, mentoring kids. He was a big part of my, my working career, um, continues to be a big part of my life. So uh, if you want more information on that, you can go to fivestarhiring.net. Uh, you can message me about it. I'll send you his way, whatever whatever works for you. Uh, I will be the liaison in order to make that happen for you. But uh, fivestarhiring.net, check it out if you're a student athlete looking to get placed in the job. And uh, and that's that. But without further, I'm, I feel like this is a long time coming for us, man. <laughs> now, I'm not going to introduce, I'm going to introduce you yet. Now I'm going to read, I'm going to read a little bit here. So, um, my friend and I consider it's crazy that I it's crazy that I consider you like a friend. Right. But so my guest today is his, his name is John Snow. He's a writer. He's an actor. Um, he's been on TV shows such as I believe it was The Rookie, uh, MacGruber. I'm trying to think IMDb shouted out like three or four key ones there. Um, but I know that uh, above above that kind of stuff, um, he's just an awesome freaking person, man. And it's so interesting how you uh, you hear about the pitfalls of social media, and there are pitfalls of social media. But I think I've now like on and off conversation with John for almost six years, probably, which is crazy. It's like a crazy thing. It was two thousand, wow. I believe, it was two thousand sixteen when I was in Tennessee, and I remember I remember talking to you then. Um, but I think. Uh, what everybody will see today is you're just you're just an awesome dude. I mean, a, apart from obviously doing some some awesome stuff with the writing, the acting, and all that, you're just you're just a solid dude, man. So, um, I, without further ado, John Snow, welcome to the Keeping <laughs> Podcast, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you. I'll try to live up to the hype. <laughs> you will you you will? It's funny, man. Like I initially started this podcast and it was just me talking, and then I said, well let me start bringing some people on. And I was, and I always wanted to bring, I was always thinking about bringing basketball people on. And then I, I thought, well, I spend actually so little of my life in basketball when I'm having just conversations, everything is kind of outside of that. And everything I learn, I bring back to basketball. And so then I was thinking, I just need to have conversations with people that I know I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy talking to and learn things from because that's how we learn and that's how we apply. And then we can kind of, you know, everything kind of crosses over in some capacity. So here we are, man. I think this will be great. And if no one else thinks it's great, I think it's great. And, then, <laughs> and that's and that's all that really matters. But awesome. how, how have things been going for you, man? Um, you know, this business is uh, is crazy. It's always up and down. It's it's feast or famine. Um, but, you know, slowly but steadily, I, I keep making my way and I keep making my climb and you know, I keep working and developing relationships and I just keep plugging away and, you know, slowly but surely those doors are opening and, you know, some are cracked, some aren't open yet, 
some are freaking wide open and you know just you know i just i'd like i said just keep plugging away so it's i'm good um and it's also at the same time it's it's a it's a daily it's a daily thing to sort of keep my mindset right because right. it's really easy to get lost and it's really easy to get down on yourself it's really easy to think well why am i not getting enough auditions or what i think should be enough auditions or you know why didn't i book enough roles when i auditioned for all these parts and you know none of them came back my way um and i think that's just the nature of creativity in general and especially in a creative business um because it's so subjective and uh, you know it's it's easy though to lose sight of that because this isn't a meritocracy it's not like you can't climb the corporate ladder of Hollywood, you know, that doesn't exist. Right. right. Um, and, uh, and it's funny, you know, I was thinking about this today, I was hiking uh, out here in the hills and, um, and I was trying to apply something to, to, to that very thing. And I thought, you know, it's really about framing and it's about perspective because, you know, you may like, for example, the thought that popped in my head was you may see me when I start the trail and, I, and watch me until I go around the bend. And from your perspective, I'm gone. You don't see me. So you don't know that anything's happening. Nothing, you know, like you don't see, you don't see shit. Right. But I'm slowly taking one step at a time. And then you turn around and I'm behind you. I came down from the other side and you think, holy shit, what a leap. No, that wasn't a leap. That was 13,368 steps, bro. Like (laughs) it took me 13,368 steps to get there. I didn't just magically get from one side of the mountain to the other. Right. You know, um, and so it's you cut you catch me in a in a place today, particularly where I've really been contemplating um, that that sort of thing. And so, um, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to keep that. I'm trying to hold on to that little that little kernel and just go, OK, just take your next step, man. Don't worry about what happens. Just take your next step. So well, it's so it's so a um, perspective thing. Yeah, like it's, such a, it's a have you have you ever heard of Dan Sullivan? I don't know that I have. So uh, Dan Sullivan, he's, he's uh, so I know him as an author. I believe he's like a big time marketer and all this and, and some things like that. Okay. He writes a book. He writes four books a year. Jeez. Right. But they're, they're small books. They're like eBooks. They're like 50, 60 pages, but he's just, he's just constantly creating. And somebody that I consider a mentor uh, started to send me his stuff and he sent me his whole catalog of books. Hmm. And there's this one book in particular that I would recommend to you. I would recommend it to anybody because I think it, it, it embodies everything you just said. Hmm. Uh, it's called The Gap and the Gain. And it's, um, it's how we oftentimes compare what we've done so far to, to the horizon in front of us. And if we're always looking at the horizon, it doesn't matter how many steps forward we take. We're never going to actually get closer to it. But if, we're, if everything were... And that's what he calls like the gap, right? Like that's yeah. we're just thinking about what is what else is there? Like I'm I'm taking these steps, but am I getting to that? Am I ever going to reach the horizon that I sit out here and I look at every night, right? And what happened? We 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 forget about what he calls the gain in terms of if we with exactly what you just said, I've taken three thirteen thousand whatever steps. Well, if we look backwards at how far we've come, mm-hmm. right? It's like a perspective shifting type thing. And we can get so lost in, did, you know, wh- where's this turn going to turn out? What am I going to be? Is this ever going to turn in my favor? Not realizing 
sometimes how much has already turned in our favor and how mm. how we've done incredible incredible things like i'm sure even people would see you if they just look you up on imdb and see that the shows that you know you've been on and and like and obviously they don't have a perspective into the what you've written and and what's in the works and what you're trying to but you can't be where you're at now without taking those steps that you've already taken and as much as it's one of those things it's like hey how do i how do I get closer to the horizon? No, man, you've already come so far. You know <laughs> what I mean? And it's it's a, I, re, I would really recommend you picking up. Yeah. I'll, actually, I'll send it to you. I have it. Oh, so. I was going to say, I just wrote it down because, you know, that's what I do. <laughs> I've, been, I've been, I've been sending things to everybody. So yeah. I'd like with that kind of stuff. Like, I just, I feel like it's super powerful and I think that you, you would benefit from it greatly. But Great. I hope, I hope that makes sense. What I It say. does. It does. Well, I mean, look, I mean, I even just to take it a little, you know, a little further on my journey this afternoon, you know, I kept thinking, so I was thinking about how I really don't like the phrase that how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm. I think that that to me, I don't believe that. I think that there are all kinds of circumstances that can prevent you from doing something to your fullest potential, whether that's, you know, traumas or shame or guilt or any other those kinds of things that may have been put upon you by others. And I wanted to try to reframe that. And what I was thinking today was that if I can do one thing in one area, then I can transfer that to another area. That doesn't mean that I have the best self-belief. It doesn't mean that um, I'm, I'm a perfect actor or a perfect writer, um, or I'm even the most, you know, uh, most diligent actor or writer. Um, but if I can find other things that I can apply it to, and I was taking my hike for that as that example, and I was asking myself in my, in my hike, well, where's my self doubt in my hike? Mm. Is it that it doesn't exist? Do I go out there and do I think, oh, I don't know, I don't know, man. I don't know if you can make it today. I don't know if you can make it up to that peak today. And as I sort of wrestled with that question, I, I kept thinking, it's not that I don't have self-doubt, even in this, even in a hike. It's just that, where's my focus? Where's my attention? It's on the next step. Right. So if I can take that from my hike, I can apply that to every other aspect of my life. And that's why I don't like that. I'm, I'm deciding I don't like that phrase that how you do one thing is how you do everything. Um, but it led me to this other thing, which I'm going to bring it back home to what you were just talking about, which was the one, you know, one of the big things that we, we hear quoted all the time is that it's the journey, it's not the destination. And I kept, and I was like, yeah, so what is my destination? Well, my destination is my car, man. <laughs> Am I going to get to my car and be like, fuck yeah, I made it. Woo. Right. No, probably not. No. The best part of the hike is hitting the peak, turning around. Being able on a clear day when it's clear in Los Angeles to see all the way to the ocean, to see that, you know, to see the islands out there right. and just look and see all of downtown, look out and see Century City, literally see every bit of L.A. from the very top. Turn around and look at Burbank, look all the way to the mountains in Burbank. That's the best part of the hike. Yeah. And then I come down and I'm like, cool. Well, well couldn't that be argued that that's the destination? not the car well i guess it could be destination but, over and now it's back to the car but ultimately i'm coming back home 
So really, my destination is just me going back to my car and coming home. But if I don't appreciate, if I don't appreciate what takes me up to the top and back down again, then but the, but the motive, the motive is the peak, not to get back home. The motive is the peak. I, su I suppose the motive is the peak, but ultimately that's not my destination, right? I guess it would depend. Well, there can be multiple. Complete, if I'm going to go with the completed hike. The complete, like completely, well, then does anything get completed ever? That's the question. That's a good fucking question. That that's the thing. Like then then is there any is there ever such thing as completion? I don't think so. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, isn't that why? Like, I mean, look, I look at you all the time, man. You inspire the hell out of me all the time. And you read more than I do, I think, which is insane because I read a ton. And every time I ask you about a book, you're like, oh, yeah, that book is amazing. I'm like, fuck, man. <laughs> what haven't you read? <laughs> so, I, I just have I have no friends, man. <laughs> the, the, the reality of the situation, I literally just had this conversation with 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 Lisa and I was telling I was like, oh, I'm going to do this podcast with John. And she said to me, she was like, you know, you say you don't have any friends, but I feel like you have these. And I was and I said, I said, why? Well, I, I feel like I have like two hang out in real life friends yeah. for the most part at this point in my life. And then everybody else is like, you know, scattered throughout, like from a distance, kind of, kind of checking, checking in on things. But without forgetting this, I, I agree with what you said about how you, how you do one thing is, is, is not how you do everything. Mm -hmm. And I used to, I used to, so remember Eric Thomas, the motivational speaker, Gosh, you gotta, you gotta want it as long as, as much as you want to breathe was like the big takeoff. Okay. Okay. Right, well, whatever. But he would always say that he would say like, you know, you can't be somebody. And I, I believe this, like I take this to heart, but he said, you can't be somebody that's crushing it at, at work. Right. But then, and then you come home and you completely, you can't be there for your wife. You can't be there for your kids. Right. And so he would always have that, that, that mindset. And I, and I agree with that. So I believe his name is Morgan Housel. He wrote the psychology of money. So that's enough for book references, another phenomenal book, right? Like mind shifting book for me in psychology of money. But he was recently on the Tim Ferriss podcast and he was speaking about with what you said, kind of, and this is where it ties in. Everybody would talk, look at Buffett, Warren Buffett. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, man, Warren Buffett got it all figured out, man. That guy, that guy wakes up, looks, looks at in whatever he's looking at, like spreadsheets, knows how to read balance sheets, goes home, da, da, da. But there's, if you actually start to dig into Warren Buffett's life. Um, that's not how he lived all area of his life. He no. wasn't, he wasn't crushing it, man. There was a story they told on that podcast that blew my mind, said that he was so caught in his ways and his routine of what he was trying to accomplish that he would go to work, work all day, he would come home and immediately go upstairs to then do the next round of research. And one day he came home and one of his children were lying at the bottom of the steps. And they said he just stepped over the child and walked upstairs like like the kid fell down the steps and he just stepped over the child, went upstairs and did his thing. Didn't acknowledge that the child was on the ground. Jeez. Right. So like but there's stories about that guy. But like, it, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't I actually don't want to do everything. The same. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, to no, me, that sounds exhausting. You uh, know what I mean? Like, but also great, very unbalanced. Yes. Very, well, we could get into that. The balance aspect. I don't think there's any th such thing as balance. Hmm. I don't. I really don't. Because, let's say, um, 
So let, let's just say, for example, for me, the way I think about it is I want, I want to be the best in the world at what I do, right? Now, that's not measurable. No one can ever measure that, right? I can't, no one's, can, no one's ever going to come bequeath me and say, hey, you win, right? Yeah. That's never going to happen, but that's my goal. So while I'm in what I'm doing, it, it's, it, it, uh, it works in my favor to be as present as possible in that moment, which means in that moment, I'm out of balance with everything else because I'm so in that moment. Just like when I go home and I'm spending time with my daughter, if I'm not, if I'm not all the way with her, right. I want to be all the way with her because if I'm not like, I'm now I'm, I'm, my whole goal is presence. So I want to be that present in the moment. And then when I'm with her, not thinking about basketball, which is really hard, which is really hard to do, but now I'm out of balance with my career. Right. So now my family's now my family's, you know, holding, holding, whatever, holding court while basketball is hanging out not doing a thing. Yeah. So I, I think the idea of balance, like that work-life balance thing, I don't think like, to me, I don't think it exists really. I think presence exists, but I don't know if balance does. Yeah. I like that. I think that's, that's a good way to look at, at things because I mean, look, ultimately I think presence is all there is anyway. And if you are present in every moment, then it may not be like, like you said, it may not be balanced in that moment. It can't be balanced. Right. But at least there's a fulfillment, I think, that you can attain by being present in each thing and saying, okay, now I'm with my family. Cool. Now I'm doing my basketball stuff or I'm teaching a student or I'm teaching a workshop or whatever I'm doing. Right. Um, and they have my full attention. Um, and I think that that leads to a certain kind of fulfillment. Um which I think everybody is looking for. I mean, I know I am all the time. I think this leads us to deep work, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was actually a really, like I, I, this, I don't write any, I don't have any plan when I come into this, just to let (laughs) you know, everything is just, we wing it. I, I wing, I wing just about everything, man. I feel like that's the way that's, that's the way to go. I was listening to a podcast with Hugh Jackman the other day Hmm. and uh, which I'm, I'm sure you would, you would probably enjoy, but he, he actually talks about like, how much he had to let go and, 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 and commit to spontaneity, I guess, which is almost a strange, which is like an ironic thing to say, commit to spontaneity, I guess. But um, yeah, it was, it was, it was just really interesting, but he, I guess he, he wings a lot of the things that he does even at his live performances and, and he just feels these moments and just, and just goes for it without having any idea how, how things are going to turn out. Well, I mean, just in context of the work that, we do and i will say we even though that feels a little strange to talk about me and hugh in the same breath um i think it's the opposite way i think it's weird that i'd even bring up Hugh in your presence (laughs) that's how i feel um but uh yeah i think that in in the work that we do um yeah there there really is nothing else that there it has to be and and it's the the spontaneity comes and embracing that and committing to that is literally unlearning pretty much everything that you're taught to do as an actor because right if you watch your daughter pretend yeah she's the best freaking actor in the world dude Ever. there's no one better than her right now no one meryl streep can suck it your daughter <laughs> has got her beat right now right because she doesn't know anything she knows what pretend is and man when she is on something i guarantee you she sees that shit Right. In a way that I can't possibly do as an adult anymore. Like it's and not. What, but, there and why is that? Why is that? 
because I've been told it's not there because I've been conditioned to make it not be there. So it's like all grow of, up. Yeah. It's like all of those things that start to come into your, come into play in terms of like right now, she's just, she's empty, right? Like there's nothing else that's, that's coming in that's saying you can't do that or you shouldn't do that. It's just, it's purity at its finest. I remember hearing somebody talk about this same exact thing with being able to shoot a bow and arrow. And the guy was talking about how when he was young, he would just be able to pull that, he would just be able to pull back that bow and just let that thing fly like it was the, like what he was meant to do yeah. as a kid. And then as he got older and returned back to shooting the bow, his mind would run with thoughts over and over. Oh, this isn't going to be perfect. I pulled it back too far. I didn't pull it back enough. Uh, what, oh, the wind's blowing this way. Maybe I have, whereas when he was a kid, it was so easy to just pull back that bow and just let it fire. And now, and now his whole thing is to return to that childlike state. Can you return back to the child state mind where you can just, just let the thing go. Right. And that's and the same exact thing that you're saying. Yeah. I think that's what Hugh was saying. Right. Embracing and committing to spontaneity. It's that same idea of stop thinking. Right. Um, you know, and, and look, you, you know, that I played basketball. I love basketball. And I'll bring it back home to basketball, but I'm sure you've experienced this where you haven't played for a long time yep. or at least a while. And then you go out and you shoot the lights out yeah, yeah, because you don't have any bad habits that you've been picking up and you haven't been thinking about it right. every single day <laughs> while you're trying to work on your shot. You right. take off for a few weeks, you come back and you're like, holy shit, this feels yeah. so easy, so simple. Yeah. Right. And then you start thinking about it. And of course you screw it up as soon as you start thinking about it. But you know, this is, think this, about it. this is how I feel. Like if I don't look in the mirror for like half a day and then I look in the mirror and realize how handsome I am. Right. Right. It's one of those things where, cause it's a burden I carry. You it know? is. Uh, I, it's, I um, and then, but I, I forget about it sometimes. Yeah. You know, it's no, just, I actually drew on a Sharpie on my screen before this, just to make you uglier. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure I could handle it. Well, it's impossible. Anyway, that's just the way it goes um all right i want i really want to talk about this book and i'm glad that yeah. you i'm glad that this book had an impact on you uh, because it had a huge impact on me yeah i'm obsessed and right now it has continued to make me think um and that's my i feel like at this point it's one of, that's one of my favorite things to do or is, is just think like think of perspectives think of why does this happen why do i think that way or why do i see something that way is there another way i can see it kind of taking that quantum thinking approach to everything in terms of, okay, I have always thought about something this way, but let me see it from their side to somebody that I just maybe disagree with. And now let me try to find that middle ground. And, but books like this do that for me. Yeah. Right. So the book that we're talking about is deep work by Cal Newport. Um, and basically it's, it's to, to the superest, the, the superest, the most high level overview uh, is basically, you know, it's in order to, to bring the best out of what we do or what we want to do, we need to involve ourselves in some type of, of deep work to get there. Um, and there's a, there's, a, there's a variety of ways that you can go about doing it. But I think this is where I'd like to turn it over to you and kind of let you say, like, how has this book impacted you? What are the key takeaways you, you took from it that are now impacting you on an, every, on an everyday level? Ultimately, for me, it highlighted how distracted I am every day, whether yeah. that's my phone and social media or 
even just, you know, the dogs or the TV or my fiance or whatever. I am in, so completely distracted all the time. Mm-hmm. And no wonder I haven't done some things that I really would like to do and things that I would like to finish or accomplish or work that I would like to explore. Um, you know, I, I took this wonderful, I've taken this wonderful acting class by this guy named Josh Pace, who's freaking amazing. And basically what he's teaching is um, essentially the inner game of tennis for yeah. actors. Yeah. Get out of your head, get out of self one, get into your body and into self two and trust self two to do the work for you. Yep. And, you know, I've taken many, 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 many acting classes. I have a BFA in acting, Um, but I've also taken tons of acting classes here in Los Angeles as well. And all that's great, but all ultimately for me, there's always, I've always felt like something was missing. And when I took Josh's class, I was like, holy shit, there is a magic in this that I need to explore. And even in the structure of Josh's class, which is amazing and wonderful, and the experiences I've had with him have been outstanding. I kept thinking there's more that I got to find. Not that anybody can teach me, but that I have to find for me. Right. But with all these distractions, it's very easy for me to put that aside and go, well, I'm, you know, I got this to do, or I got that to do, or I want, you know, I want to watch this new show or whatever it is, because I can justify anything, you know, especially watching TV because I'm, can. Actor, I'm supposed to watch TV. <laughs> right. I'm supposed to know what's on. I know I'm supposed to know who's involved. I'm supposed to know the casting director. I'm supposed to know everybody. <laughs> so real easy for me to go, ah, oh, well, you know, I'll just sit here and watch. The next thing I know it's five hours later and I'm like, holy shit. And so that's what it highlighted mostly for me is how distracted I am, how much I need and, and, and without even realizing it, have been craving focus. I got away from my meditation practice um, and I found myself before I read the book, just finding little moments um, where I could just check in real quick. Yeah. Um, literally seeing if I could check in and be be so freaking present in the space of one breath, the time that it took me to go in and out. How present can I get? How grounded can I get? How centered can I be? And I started playing around with that. And then I saw you post about that book and I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. I need to look that up. And yeah. usually when you post a book, I'm like, oh, I think I probably need to buy that book. So I usually do. And um when I when I read it, it was just like, oh, that's that's it. That's what I've been missing. And so it's it is helped me see how much I want to say time that I've wasted, but I feel weird saying that because I don't feel like I've wasted time. Um, I just don't think I've maximized my time to its fullest. And um, And also, dude, for me as an actor, all I could think about the whole time I read that book was, listen, I started unfollowing all kinds of people on social media, all kinds of shit. 
Yeah. I was like, nope, don't need that influence anymore. Don't need to hear that. Don't need to see that anymore. I stopped following almost every single casting director. Unless I know them personally and they know me personally, I've yeah. stopped following them because I found myself looking at the stuff that they were talking about, the things that they were posting, the actors that they were talking about and going, well, fuck, why isn't that me? Right. Why isn't that me? And it was crowding my headspace. And I was like, oh, shit, no more of this. Goodbye. Right. Goodbye, everybody. And this is why I reached out to you because, you know, again, um, I just I just kept thinking like, you know, I'm told as an actor, well, you got to market yourself. You got to market yourself and you do. Nobody's right. doing it for you unless, you know, you're at Hugh Jackman's level and then he has a team of people to do it for him. Right. But nobody's doing it for you before that. And I and I'm like, well, what I, don't, I can't I can't just get off here. And I see all these other actors and people that I know posting this real cool, creative content, posting really funny reels, feeling like I had to compete with them. Right. And then reading that book, I just it stopped me dead, man, and made me go, what's the point? Yep. What am I doing? I'm sitting here literally anxiety ridden that I see these other actors doing these cool reels and shit on Instagram, feeling inferior, feeling less than somehow, instead of going the opposite way. Mm -hmm. Who are my heroes? The best actor I've ever seen in my life, in my opinion, Daniel Day-Lewis. You know where you can find him? Probably nowhere, I'm assuming. You can't find him. Right. He's in a he's on a farm in Ireland or some shit. You can't <laughs> find him. Right. Why? Because he's so committed to doing the things that he wants to do. He doesn't have all these other distractions. Like when he did that movie about the cobbler. Dude literally went and worked as a cobbler for like two years. <laughs> right. I mean, like, it's insane. He's right. I mean, there's a level of insanity to that kind of you know, that kind of thing that that's not for me. I'm not trying to disappear to a farm in Ireland like Daniel Day Lewis. But there is something I can take from that. And there is something that I can use from that. And so I, I can't tell you, I, I don't actually have that book in this room. Um, it's in the in the in the front house up there. But um, I can't tell you how many times I wrote in that book. Focus and or slash concentration equals deep listening equals brilliant acting mm. and so, so is that is that kind of like the uh, like an ideas in equal ideas out or ideas in equal i don't know that or uh, something something kind of along something along along those lines like being that focused in on what you're taking in that that's going to allow you to think in a different almost like on a different wavelength and then bring out something of something that wouldn't otherwise be there. I think so, because I think what it ultimately does is it allows you to do as what Hugh Jackman said to commit to that spontaneity. Right. Because if I am truly fully taking you in, Mike, and I am really listening to you, I don't have to do any acting. Right. I just have to listen to you and then react and then say whatever the words are. Sure, I have to know the words, but I don't have to act. If I'm really, truly focused and present with you, right. that's all that acting is. That's all it requires. Yeah. 
And so, you know, like I said, I just, I wrote that over and over so many times. I was just like, holy shit, there it is again. Focus equals good listening equals good acting. Yeah. And, um, and so I, and I, and I just thought, well, if I look around and I look on social media in particular, um, I can see what everybody else is doing because they want me to see it. Right. And I, and, and, and good for them. I'm not taking it away from anybody. Like do your thing, like create, if that's how you get your outlet and that's how you create cool. But it started feeling for me like a competition that I had to engage in that I didn't want to be a part of. And I thought, okay, well, what would happen if I just went the opposite way as everybody else? Right. And, you know, I don't know who said that, but you know, when you, whoever said that thing about when you find yourself agreeing with the crowd, you know, go the other direction or something. Consensus is not synonymous with truth. Yes. hundred percent. Unfortunately, so many people think that it is so many people see what everybody's doing and think that that's the way to do things. When in all reality, that's just the popular thing. It doesn't mean it's forcing you to, to think in any different way. And in fact, it's, it's the opposite. It's not, it's forcing you not to think. Right. So, and it's go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think if you have, if, if you're, if everything that you're doing is predicated off of what everybody else is doing, who are you? Yes. A hundred percent. Like it, it, I think it's very easy, especially now, um, especially with the ubiquity of, of social media that, you know, it, it also, it, it's also a mindset, Mike, of, of feeling like you're not personally capable of reaching these thought possibilities, right? It, 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 it's a trap that I even have to be careful of. Like I, like I just said a few minutes ago, you post a book and I'm like, oh, I should probably buy that book. Hmm. Well, okay, cool. But also let me think about that and break that down for a second. Am I just doing that because I think that because Mike's doing it right. and Mike's a smart guy maybe he's smarter than me. Well, maybe I should put my faith in you Hmm. rather than explore something for myself. Right. And, you know, it's, 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 it's why, it's why when we have elections, people post shortcuts for voting. Oh, here's everything you need to know. Mm -hmm. Here's Here's every, here's every ballot thing measure broken down. Here's every candidate broken down. And it's like two sentences. Well, I'm more than two sentences, aren't you? Right. You know, yeah, it's, it's it's so it's so tough. Naval Ravikant, um, who's on Twitter, like one of my favorite people to follow of all time. I believe he had one quote. He said, "Like the human mind is not designed to be able to handle all of the world's problems at one time. Mm. Right? It's not it's not designed for that. And everything that everything that is now is throwing." every single problem that the world has in our face every second of the day and yeah. your brain is trying to wrap its mind around what is happening so like you you bring up like the voting thing it's impossible like it, like to be completely honest with you it's impossible to know in and out who actually probably is that the best candidate yeah. so that's i mean but that's why we lump into democrat and republican because right. then hey just identify that's all you need to do right oh so now you identify with the party and now now you can Hey, that's who you vote for, right? Right. Yeah. So you, you must think about this, it. You must be that. You must be that too. Yeah. You, must, you know. Well, there's yeah. no such thing. There's no such thing. You can't teeter that line, right? 
that you, you can't you can't have thoughts on that side and that side that's impossible right <laughs> like I, I just I, I I couldn't agree with what I, I, it's it's just so true I think that what the book did for me was the biggest thing for me was scheduling deep work time yes so being able to write in my calendar and say from two to four I'm going to do nothing but work on a on a program that I'd like to to do right and in my I'll, I'll ask you like what what do humans do better than anybody else or anything else any species what do what do we do better than anybody I would say you think think right but in order to be able to think we need to quiet everything else around us mm-hmm. and if we don't do that how hard is it like think about how hard is it for us to if you were in like a really stressful like traffic situation maybe you 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 feel like you're going to get an accident maybe it's really bad weather and all this stuff how hard is it to think in those moments what where would you be able to come up with your most creative work of all oh, time no. i have i have done that i have driven in a whiteout in in <laughs> south dakota see so when you started talking about what looking at social and feeling like this almost like anxiety of seeing what everybody else is doing. Oh, that person's doing that. That person's doing this. Well, your mind's almost like working in that same exact way. And you're you're not affording yourself the ability to be creative. You're not affi- affording yourself the ability to think. And then because of that building up anxiety, right? And not taking that time to just chill out and just create and, and, and silence it all, you're just, you're like that monkey on the back is just building and building and building and building. So I found that just scheduling the time and realizing that's my time to think. Sometimes I don't, sometimes I'll schedule the, the deep work time. And if I'm not like in a position to even write what I want to write, I just read. And then mm-hmm. sometimes I just sit there with a coffee and I do nothing. Yeah. And it's like, it's to me, it's, it makes me feel really good about myself yeah. and I'm not, and I'm actually not doing anything. Yeah. But I'm, but I'm like, I'm quieting everything else. But you are doing something. Right, right. You're getting present to yeah. really hear you. Right. Rather than the voices. This is something I talk to my therapist all the time about. Rather than the voices that have been put inside of you. Mm-hmm. Whether that's your mom, your dad, your church, your pastor, your God, your whatever. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that growing up get put on us get put into us and it gets it can i mean i know personally it has for me it has been extremely difficult extricating the part that is actually me out of all of that cacophony of all right. those voices right so you are doing something you're yeah. learning who you really are underneath all that fucking noise and i'm becoming a coffee connoisseur at the same time yeah, there you go <laughs> And there's nothing wrong with that because we do appreciate a good cup of coffee. I love myself a good a good cup of, of coffee. Nothing in it, just a black coffee. I don't and, I'm, and I'm good, man. I'm good. Another right. Naval quote. He said, if you can't be happy with a cup of coffee, you'll never be happy with a yacht. <laughs> right. And how like how true is like to me, that's that's spot on. 100 percent. I hate to do this right now. But if you oh. haven't read the, the Almanac of Naval Ravenkant, I would I would read it. I have not. No, don't. Why would you hate to do that to me? Well, because now I feel bad. Like I'm just can't read enough, dude. Like I'm excited. (laughs) That book 
I will read that book or just chapters. It's not like a book that you have to read straight through. Like you can pick it up at random points. Okay. And that book, that book does something for my mind in terms of if I'm feeling anxious, like if I feel like maybe I'm not doing enough, maybe I'm not doing this. I read that book and it just brings me back. And I'm just like, huh, everything's good. Like I'll be, yeah, wait, 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 I remember this now. Like I know who I am. I, I, I got this. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because for for you, it's the acting world. For me, it's the basketball world. And I think the basketball world's probably a million times smaller than the acting world. Mm. But but it seems so big to me because it's it's all I see, right? It's it's like that's all I see. And I see, like I get the same. I will get in that same rut of. Oh, that person's doing that. Like, mm. how'd they get that opportunity? Man, I'd really like to have that opportunity. Am I not where, like, am I not as good as I think I am at this? Mm-hmm. How much longer do I have to work to get to that point? Right. And it becomes like this. Well, oh, I see that person doing this type of thing. Well, maybe I should start posting all like, like, like a big one for me is when, when people work with higher profile people and there's always pictures of it mm-hmm. or video of the high. And I have some high profile people, but I don't post pictures of it and mm. I don't post video of it because it doesn't feel authentic to me. It makes me feel like I'm using somebody else to yeah. better what I do, to use them as like a, you know, a, a means to my end. And I don't feel right doing it. But then I'm like, yeah, but if I did that, that's going to give me more social proof, right? Like people are going to be like, oh, that guy knows what he's doing. Right. And it comes back to what you said. I'm just choosing to go the complete opposite way of that. I'm choosing to go, I'm going to let everything I do work. In my opinion, it will all work out on a long enough time. On, a, on a, I just think that eventually, and I've said it, I've said it to many people. I said, I don't care if I'm 60 and it finally hits the way I want it, like where I see it hitting. To me, it'd be worth it. Mm-hmm. It'd be completely worth it. Because at least I did everything how I think I should do it. Yeah, and I'm yeah. not feeding into anybody else's bullshit or vanity. Like I, so what? Like if it takes to sixty, it takes to sixty. I'm not retiring. I, I, I probably, I, I would, I would venture to guess that you're not going to retire ever either. Probably, right? Yeah, right. Like as an actor, I won't have to. Right? <laughs> Still, I <laughs> but, can't speak. I guess I don't know. But like, what? What do you need? Like, if you like what you're, if you love what you're doing and you want to get better, like you, you're, there's always room to get better. There's always room to, to find who you are and, and what you do. So I don't know. I think that's, that's kind of what that, this book has, has done, done for me. Like you're going to be okay. You know, yeah, like it's yeah, going, yeah. it's going to be okay. Commit super deep to things at times. Let that be your moment where you can just get everything out and then make that the habit. Make yeah. That the right. Habit. That's the, that's the big thing. Let that compound upon itself and don't worry, like just keep track. Like that's what I've been doing. I have I I don't have that in here either, but um, I have another little thing that I've been keeping track of like, well, okay, what did I do for deep work, you know, today or this week? All right, cool. Then let me add that up. And it doesn't matter. Like, even if I miss a day or I miss a couple of days, I'm like, all right, cool. I missed them. All right. right. I'm trying to be forgiving and graceful, graceful with myself on that and just go, okay. All right. You missed it. So what you still, did you lock? Okay, great. You got an hour. Great. Good for you. You got an hour and a half here. Great. Good for you. We'll see where it takes me. I don't know. <laughs> but, I think it's, 
I think it's going to take you to incredible places. Yeah, I did too. You just, you just putting an hour, say you only put two hours in a week, whatever, right? You're probably putting in two hours more of deep work than the average person is. Yeah. Right. And so it's one of, it's like that idea of like in today's day and age, it's actually almost easier to get really, really good at something if you're willing to put in the deep work time. Right. And then, and then kind of almost, and then start to take off in whatever lane you're, you're looking to get to. I say easy. I should never say easy, but you can get really freaking good because, and stand and start to maybe separate yourself because so many other people aren't willing to do that or go to that deep level. Right. But it's the hard thing. It's, it's, it's you saying what you said, going the opposite way. And that opposite way is what's eventually going to lead to you developing a skill set that others in 10 years are going to say, damn. Yeah. Well, John, look how, look how easy John's making it look. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to say, you know, that was, <laughs> that was 13,000. So many steps, right? Right. Exactly. No, that was 13,000 deep work hours. That's right. But you just looked at you, you, but you, you know what I mean? You were, yeah. you were making TikToks. You were, you were doing, you know what I mean? I was invested <laughs> in what I was doing, you know? I think that that that's such a cool way of, of looking at it when you said that of just going the opposite way. Yeah. I mean, you know, we live in it like we live in a distracted world that made that book made it very clear to me. Yeah. And I'm as guilty as anybody else and guiltier than most probably. <laughs> so he has a, he has another book. So I, I read that one and then I was like, wow, I, I love this guy. Yeah. And he has another book. So good. They can't ignore you. Yes. Um, and I, I read that right away too. I was like, I got to read that. And that was like, that, that kind of, that bleeds into everything. Like probably should read so good. They can't ignore you. And then deep work because okay. so good. They can't ignore you. was all about developing. Um, his whole thing is like passions overrated. Mm -hmm. He said, he was like, well, what's, what's passion? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of passion. Like I can say for a lot of people, how many people have you ever heard say, man, ball is life. Ball yeah, is life. Right, sure. Yeah. That's great. T-shirts, don't they? Yeah. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's so great. Right. But that doesn't mean that you can be great at like you're going to be great at it just because you're passionate about it. Like you have to develop real hard skills to be able to translate in some type of in some type of way. Right. So it'd be the same. It'd be the same thing. I'm sure you see it in the acting world. Right. People are like, oh, I just want to be an act like acting that was is, me. Acting right? is my passion. <laughs> that was me for so long. Yeah. Right. But I didn't want to do the work. Mm. I, there was there's so many years of me not wanting to do the work. Yeah. I mean, look, I came out to LA in 2002, right? Yeah. I didn't start working until 2017. <laughs> That's a 2017 was my first real job on wow. TV, which never made it to TV because it was a pilot. <laughs> it didn't get made or it didn't get picked up. But it took me 15 years to get the fuck out of my own way. Yeah. And I had to reach a point where I had I looked at myself in the mirror at the end of 2016. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you even in Los Angeles? You didn't come here to be a waiter, to be right. a bartender. That's all I was doing for 15 years. Yeah. I never once had an agent. I didn't have a manager. I never tried to get an agent or a manager. I think I got one set of headshots in 15 years. What was the moment that made you that made you have that conversation with yourself? I think it started when my dad died in 2011. 
but it took another five years to really smack me upside the head. And I, I think it's crazy how moments like that put is like shifts perspective. Well, and I'll tell you another thing. It's a basketball game. That's what switched it for me. So I started coaching a women's rec league in 2015, 14, 15. Um, and the women's rec league was the head coach was a guy who was filming a movie in Italy. And so he, so the assistant coach stepped up to become the head coach and he needed help. And this woman I knew who I met on this writing gig that I had um, asked me because she knew how much I love basketball if I wanted to coach. I'm like, yeah, why not? Sure, that sounds fun. Turns out a lot of these women are in the industry, a lot of comedians, a lot of writers, all kinds of stuff. Awesome ladies. They're freaking amazing. And uh, one day the head coach comes back and it was a little tense uh, when he came back. And um, that's a whole other story. But um, one day he's like, hey, man, we play on Sundays at Hollywood High School. You want to come? I was like, yeah, man, sure. So I went. Like, when I tell you there were big time recognizable TV stars and movie stars there, I mean, names that I'm not going to drop, but everybody would instantly know who they were. Right. And I was there one day after I've been playing for a few months. And I was just kind of like, what the fuck is how did I end up here? What is <laughs> happening? <laughs> and I think that like suddenly I was talking to these people. I was becoming friends with these people. Um, I had people's phone numbers or emails suddenly. And I was just like, that was it. It was just like one day I was like, wait a minute. I'm surrounded by these people yeah. and I'm not doing a fucking thing for myself. What? Why? <laughs> and that was it. I think it was just like, get it together, dude. What are you doing? Like, Right. You didn't come here to play basketball at Hollywood High School with these people. You didn't come out here to be a bartender or a waiter. You came out here to be an actor. Are you going to do it or not? Like that right. was literally just like, I just asked myself point blank, blunt, like just pissed off even. Like, yeah. are you going to do it or not, man? Shit or get off the pot, dude. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, fine, I'll shit. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I contacted a, at that point a, a, a buddy who I had who was who had been a series regular on other shows. I'm going to shut the door real quick because somebody let their dog out and won't shut up. Um, <laughs> that dog drives us crazy. Um, it's all good. But uh, I contacted him and I said, listen, man, can I take you to lunch? And he said, yep, no problem. We went to lunch. I'll never forget. It was in Beverly Hills. It was raining, which is odd. Yeah. Um, and this was the January of 2017. And, uh, and I looked at him, I was like, man, I was like, will you mentor me? He was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I said, dude, I was like, do you have another job? Or do you make all your money from acting? Well, I make all my money from acting. And I said, yeah, I don't. But I know I could do what you do and be where you are. I just don't know how to get there. Right. And he was like, well, I don't know if I know anything, but I'll help you. <laughs> <laughs> and so 
And so that was it. And that was the beginning of it. And he, you know, he took me to a, a, one of the biggest casting directors in this town who casts all the network TV, so many network TV shows that everybody knows and loves. And I had met this casting director 10 years ago. I waited on him. Yeah. And when I waited tables and bartended, I was a smart ass. I had fun. I was good at it. I made good money at it because I had fun and I messed with my customers in the best way. Yeah. And I messed with this guy this night, like just hardcore. And at the end of his meal, he's like, do you know who I am? I said, or he said, are you an actor? And I said, yeah. He goes, do you know who I am? I said, no, I have no clue who you are. Hands me his card. He said, why don't you give me a call? Give him a call. Calls, he said, why don't you come to my office? I went to his office. We sat in his office and talked for an hour. Wow. And, you know, I don't know how much I don't know how much you know or don't know or your audience knows or don't, doesn't know, but in order to work, you got to be part of the union. Mm. And it's a very it's a catch twenty two situation. You can't you can't get into the union unless you work, and you can't work until you're in the union. So it's like you're <laughs> like, what do you do? And so um, he was like, John, I really like you, but I can't even look at you for anything if you're not even eligible for the union because you can right. get to a point where you're eligible. And then you you know certain things and you have to join after a certain time and all that but um this man put me on the phone at his desk in his office and called one of his assistants and said hey i need you to tell this guy everything he needs to know about how to become eligible for sag after well she did didn't listen to a damn thing of it (laughs) i wrote it all down didn't listen to it 10 years later my buddy says well let me introduce you to this guy. I said, no, I know that guy. And uh, I went in and I met him again. He was like, hey, it's really great to see you. And I was like, dude, can I do anything? I'll do anything here. I'll do anything. I'll sweep your floors. I'll file papers. I don't give a shit. Can I please be in your office? I just need to understand how this business works. And he's like, oh, why don't you be a reader for us? Which is when people come into audition, I would read the opposite, the other side of the scene for them so they could act with me. Gotcha. I did that for six weeks all the way up to and the way that the way that the way this industry works is you go to a, well back in the old days anyway you would go to the casting office you'd audition they would put you aside if they liked you they would send you on to producers producers would go okay cool um or not and then they would get it down to a real small group maybe 10 12 people Producers would come into this casting office they'd sit and watch with the casting directors while everybody came to their callback and did the same scenes again And then from there, they narrow it down to like five, maybe five people. And those people would then go to the studio or the network. And that was this high intense pressure situation kind of thing. And I did it all the way from online. Yes, ma'am, that'll be 37.95. Like that's all they had, right? right? All the way up to the people who became the series regulars at the network or the studio. And after six weeks straight of doing this, the director had been in for the last like two, three weeks. He looks at me and he goes, what role are you playing? And I was like, uh, uh, I'm not. And he goes, he turns around, he looks at the casting director, what role is he playing? Oh, they're like, uh, we've looked, there's nothing there for him. And he goes, he has a script in his hand, Mike. And he goes, bullshit, we'll figure it out. Walks out the door. I was like, what? <laughs> Next thing I know, I get a job. But it took me 15 years to figure out like, oh, you're, you're, you're just blocking yourself, dude. You're in your own way. 
And um, once I figured that out, and you know, now it's been like this steady climb that's been thrilling. And in fact, I will still do reads for them every once in a while. Wow. Uh, in fact, I got my last job um, in Montreal um, for a new show on Netflix um, because uh, one of the shows that I was on was The Rookie. I was on, the sh on that show a couple of times, right. but I got on that show because they needed a reader for the table read, which is when they have all the actors um, do it in front of the network and studio execs, which is like, it's almost like theater. It's like 60, 70 people. They're yeah. all sitting there. Um, and so I read stuff and uh, this, the, the showrunner um, was like, I'm going to find something for you. And he did. Um, but the last job I got, I got a call out of the blue and they're like, hey, Alexi's looking for you. Um, can you do this read for him? And I was like, oh, sure. So we did a Zoom uh, over Zoom. We read the first four episodes and two days later, I get a call from my agent. And they're like, hey, we got a we got a role for you on the show. Biggest role I've ever had in my career so far. You know, hey. it's like you know you it, i i, I i'm going to bring it back to what you said earlier because i love i love talking about this not because i'm feeling like oh good for me pat myself on the back but because good for me i'm going to pat myself on the back not for you but for me so that i can look back and go look what i did from 2017 to right now where i've got an insanely talented um and, 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 and um, highly sought after showrunner of a TV show coming to find me, yeah, to ask yeah. me to work with him. Yeah. And it's nowhere near what I want yet, but it's another step in the right direction. Another step, man. That's, yeah. all, that's an awesome story, man. Yeah. That's an awesome story. And I, I mean, it's like one of those things where like, Man, when it's all said and done, who knows where you end up? Or you maybe already know where you end up. In your mind, you probably know where you end up, right? Because I think I don't actually. Really? I don't. You know, and well, one other thing that I keep writing down in almost everything that I'm reading lately, when it pops up, and it popped up in deep work, it's popped up in the inner game of tennis. Um, work is greater than result. Hmm. And I just keep trying to remind myself of that. Because I will tell you, in all the acting classes I've ever taken, even through college, out here in LA, even with Josh, who I, who I absolutely loved um, and love, I think he's amazing. The most fulfilling I, feeling I have ever had is when I started coming back here. Like, I'm very fortunate. You know, I, 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 we, we were able to have a, a little studio in the back and it just got finished. Like this, this, this room is just completed uh, as of like a month ago. Um, and now it's become my sanctuary. Mm. And the most fulfilled I have felt in a very, very, very long time is when I have come out here the last few weeks, when I can steal that hour or so and come back here and work on that, finding that way to embrace spontaneity and commit to spontaneity. And I will walk out of this, this this little studio an hour hour and a half later and go yeah that's where it's at right and so i'm trying to just live in that and trying to remind myself and really commit to the work is greater than the result because it, it's really hard for me yeah. to, to 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 accept that one and then to embrace it too 
Yeah. Um, and so that's going to be my struggle for the next while, but uh, you know, I'm happy to have it. Or maybe that's going to be the struggle forever. It might be, it yeah. might be. It might be, it might be one of those, it might be one of those things. I've always, I've, I always, I've recent, as of the last couple of years adopted this kind of Neville Goddard mindset of thinking from the end with everything, mm. kind of knowing that the end's not necessarily what I want to do or what has to happen. But if, if I can see myself in my ideal situation of what I want to occur, then I know that every single day, no matter what happens that day, I know that in some strange way, it's in connection with getting to that end goal that I already see. Right. Yeah. So like it could be the worst day in the world and my mindset shifts to, yeah, but that needed to happen because mm -hmm. I need that. Like if I didn't have this worst day, then it's not going to set me up for what's, what's coming my way tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And even if tomorrow's a bad day, well, that's, I needed that, that, that there's something in there. Right. And so everything, he calls it the bridge of incidents. He says, every single thing that occurs is a bridge of incidents towards eventually fulfilling whatever it is. And then the big, the big thing is basically saying you, you eventually realize that like, you're going to hate, hate this, but the journey is the destination, right? You're picking up skill sets and all these different ways of, you know, mental models and whatever along the way that's making you this more well-rounded person and, and all this kind of stuff. And I don't know, it's a way, it's a way that I've, I've started to started to take the things and it works. It works for me. Yeah. Well, you know, in that same vein, what works for me is I, I realized again, is this is kind of right before deep work that um, I had lost uh, wonder in my life. And I started playing golf um, this, this last year. Um, and it was one of those things like you're talking about with a bow and pulling it back. When I first started playing, I was surprising myself because I would hit these balls every once in a while and be like, oh shit, that was really good. I don't know how I did that. That's really neat. And then I started taking some online lessons. And then I started getting real angry. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, because I started getting good at it, better at it. And as soon as I got better at it, I wanted more. And then I was like, oh no, I got to do this the right way. I got to do that. I got mm, to keep this arm straight. Got to do this. Can't bend that knee too much. And I got real frustrated. And then one day on the golf course, uh, this is just like a month or so ago, I was like, I wonder what would happen if I just let myself swing. That's what I said, just like, I wonder what would happen. And that became such an easy thing for me. And I started realizing how much wonder was missing in my life. So I have this necklace that Ariel, my fiance gave me, um, that's you know supposed to be you know good luck for money. Um, and uh, it has this whole little sheet, it's actually over there. And it, it has a little mantra that comes that they, they suggest with it. It's that I am joyously expectant. Um, and so every morning I put that necklace on, uh, I just got out of the shower, so I don't have it on right now. Um, but I put this necklace on and I look at myself in the mirror and I say, I am joyously expectant. I wonder what wonderful things will happen for me today. Uh. And then typically I take a shower at night. Um, but what I've started doing now, um, is I will take it off. And as I take it off, I'll just kind of hold it in my hands and usually kind of like right here to my heart. And I'll say, I wonder what wonderful things happened for me today that I don't even know about yet. 
Yeah. Because there are bad days. And I, I had a realization not too long ago that I would have these little mantras and little things like this that I would say to myself and I'd have a bad day and then I wouldn't say them because I'd be angry or be disappointed or upset somehow. And then I'd be like, oh, well, it's not fucking working. <laughs> and I realized not too long ago that I was just like, oh, that's, a, that's the day you need to say it the most. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I just need to remind myself because the reason that the work is greater than the result is because I have no control over the result. I am not the one who casts the roles. Right. I'm not the one who buys the TV shows. I can't have an outcome. I can't be attached to an outcome that I don't control. And to do so is insanity. So if I can just focus on the next step, the result will take care of itself. And it may not be the result that I wanted. It may not be the result that I expected, but I will get a result and I will use that information to push me on to the next step. Hmm. That's awesome, man. I love it. Yeah. You brought the word awe. I feel like no one says the word awe, uh, <laughs> like a sense of awe. You ever heard uh, Jason Silva? Yes, of course. He has a he has a quote or a quote of a quote, I guess. I don't know, but he he says when he when he defines awe, he defines it as a, a sense of first sight unencumbered by knowingness and how oh. our whole lives, um, if we're always looking for awe, um, whether that even be in the same thing, like that whole, whole idea of like hedonic, adapt, hedonic adaptation, right? Is like when, when we eventually get to the point where we walk past the flower for the first time, the flower looks incredible. But the third time we walk by the same flower, we no longer see the incredible flower. Yeah. And his whole thing is like, the more you, the more awe you can fill your life with, whether that be new things or whether that be finding even deeper meaning in the things that you see every day anyway, the better off, the better off your life is going to be. Right. And I think yeah. what you said there in terms of the mantras and that kind of stuff, I think that kind of speaks to that. Like, you know, things happen today, but I'm probably going to find something within what happened uh, that's going to be beneficial to me in the future in a way I never imagined because. I'm looking for it, right? Or I'm, I'm looking deeper into it than, than I ever have. So I thought that was cool, man. That was neat. That is cool, yeah. I just thought that was neat. So I'm 65, just so, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. We need to find a time where somehow, I always say that I'm going to get out to LA and I really need to get out there because my sister lives out there and I've still yet to be out there. But man, I would just love to freaking sit down at a bar with you and just drink some beers, man. I would love I just, that. You know what I mean? I just feel like we could stay in there all day. Yeah. And, and then my wife would hate me and your fiance would hate you, but we'd have a great time, you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> way long enough, it'll be both of our wives. So <laughs> there you go. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good We're point. We're getting married in December. So that's awesome, man. You excited? I am. Yeah. It's been, it's been uh, actually kind of fun planning uh, we've got a great wedding planner. She's fantastic and really taking, you know, the burden of it off of us. Um, so we get to, I mean, there's some stress to it because you got to deal with parents and everything else. Of but, course, of course. Um, but by and large, I feel like well, it's, it's not really your, it's not really your day. 
it's not. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. And I even said that to Ariel, and she's like, "No, no, but you're getting married too." And I was like, "Yeah, I know I'm getting married, but ain't nobody paying attention to me." And I, she was arguing with me about it, and I was like, "Listen, do people stand up for the groom when he walks down the aisle? No, they no, don't. they do not. No, no. Well, they stood up for me. Now that I think about it, they definitely stood up for me." <laughs> They're probably wondering if they should run from the handsomeness. That's it's, it's usually how it goes, man. Everywhere I go, I don't Better know. Better to be on your feet than in your seat when all of that comes at you. Cross the cross I carry, man. That's tough. <laughs> um, man, I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate you dealing with my crazy schedule too, and, and oh, us yeah, fitting, fitting this in. So, um, it was just cool, man. I love I love conversations like this. I think, like I again, I said at the beginning, but I think this is where this is where like social media to me is so awesome and that you can find very like-minded people that aren't in your general vicinity, right. And connect with them. And then they have an impact on your life. And I don't know. I just, I just think that's like, to me, that's, that's, I feel like that's maybe what the intention was behind it early on in a, 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 in a way, yeah. uh, obviously things get lost in there. But well, it's the idealistic version of what it was supposed it is. to be anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and when it works that way though, it's so cool. Like I've met so many awesome, like I, I honestly was like, I honestly feel like sitting here talking to you. I feel like, I feel like I've known you a really long time. To yeah, be I, know. I have the same feeling. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, it's just one of those things that there's, you know, whether, whether you know it or not, there's people out there that think similar, similar to you or are going through similar things that you're going through. And, you know, moments like this are just, they're really cool to me, man. So I'm glad, I'm glad we could, I'm glad we could make it happen. Me too, man. So appreciate you coming on brother. I'm going to yeah. stop this recording. We, we can chat after, but um, okay. thanks for coming on, man. That's, that's all, that's all I can really say. Anytime. All right, brother.